I don't want to come in and say, hey, stop your Starbucks addiction. I want to come in and say, if Starbucks is the thing that makes your life okay every day, then let's make sure that that fits in your budget. Welcome to the Veterinary Financial Podcast, where we discuss financial freedom and whole life success. I'm Meredith Jones, a veterinarian and financial planner. And I'm Willie Birot, a lab animal specialist and a money nerd. Our guest today is Kelly Cronin. Kelly is a veterinary technician, an entrepreneur, speaker, travel hacker, and a millionaire. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> so that's quite a few things there. So let's start off with, can you tell me more about your background in veterinary medicine? Absolutely. Yes. I've been in veterinary medicine for 32 years. I have loved every moment of it. I started out as a volunteer and just wiggled my way up the chain to becoming a certified technician and then to a VTS in emergency and critical care. I realized after a while that when you're in veterinary medicine long enough, they ask you to do management things and that I didn't know anything about that. And so went back for an MBA at that point and a professional in human resources certification. And I was able to go on from there to now I'm a multi-site manager for Ethos Veterinary Health. And I love it. <laughs> I think that honestly, the key to longevity in veterinary medicine is making sure that you take some of the stressors out, things like money, and making sure that you increase a lot of the things that really make veterinary medicine cool, things like experiences, and definitely adding to your skill set and constantly striving forward. And all of that will make you want to stay in it for long term. I agree with that. So Kelly, how did you get started with short-term rentals? So I think I got started with short-term rentals the same way that a lot of people get started with short-term rentals. They find themselves with a house that they just cannot sell. And so the very first iteration of me getting started with any kind of rentals was the fact that we had a house on land lease. So it's an alternate type of ownership in New Mexico. And we couldn't sell it because there's a lot of folks who just don't understand what land lease looks like or how to deal with land lease or what that does in terms of impacting. And so when we got to the point where we needed to move away, I ended up renting that house. And I will say that it just became very clear to me how incredibly useful it is to have a rental property both in terms of what you could do tax-wise and what you could do in terms of just being able to establish some growth and wealth because we were definitely making significantly more than what that mortgage was actually costing us. And I will say that that property actually opened up my way of thinking to alternative financing as well. And so in the back of my mind, you know, I really love the idea of being in hospitality. I really love the idea of meeting new people. I love travel myself. And so I really wanted something that would actually lead me to additional travel. And when I saw that I could do that by having different rentals in different places, having that opportunity of doing alternative financing really is a huge thing. So when we went to actually sell that house, someone came forward and asked for owner financing. So asked for us to actually provide that mortgage coverage in order to allow them to purchase a house with not enough down or the other thing that owner financing can sometimes do for you is reduction of high interest rate if you have not so great credit. Or potentially, if you have a lot of credit use and you're just not going to be able to qualify, that owner financing can help you there as well. Or if you want to keep your credit use for other things, that owner financing can really do a lot for you. 
And so, you know, when we went to sell that house and that potential buyer came to us looking for owner financing, you know, I really did the research, really looked into it and figured out how much of a boon it is both for the financier and for the person purchasing because of the fact that you're really spreading out that income, you're really changing the way that that tax implication hits you. And so it was such a helpful thing for me as a seller. Plus, it really helped me sell a property that's not traditional. And when I saw all of that and put all of that together, you know, I really thought to myself, okay, this is something that I can package and actually bring to other sellers if they have properties that are potentially not very conventional. And it's really, really served me well. You know, it's definitely served me well in terms of some of the properties that we have now. That's awesome to hear because I've looked into seller financing and it's tough. And I was hearing a podcast recently and they were talking about how for properties or really just houses, that kind of has gone away. But for businesses, you can still ask for seller financing. And like you mentioned, the tax implications might actually be very beneficial for the seller. So I haven't had as much luck with it on business side. I've certainly never been able to do any kind of veterinary clinic purchases or anything like that with seller financing. But on the other hand, you know, not that it's advertised very often, but every seller that I've approached with seller financing or asking for seller financing, if I give them the education about it, they've been very open to it. And, you know, the title companies actually help you out in terms of structure and in terms of collection of that. And it's just a fairly easy thing to put into place. Yeah. I did some offers myself recently for a practice in Puerto Rico. And nice. all of them got <laughs> declined, but at least I educated some people what seller financing meant. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It might just be thinking about how to rephrase that so that they really see some of the tax implications and things like that. But it's a phenomenal, phenomenal way of going about. Exactly. So tell us a little bit about your short-term rentals. You know, what do you have? Where are they located? Absolutely. Yes. We're really proud of those. So I currently have a short-term rental in Vieques, Puerto Rico. So we have that combined Puerto Rico experience. What I'll say is that I went with my daughter to Puerto Rico. We had no itinerary whatsoever. And happened upon a place called Vieques, Puerto Rico. And anyone who hasn't heard of Vieques needs to hop on a plane tomorrow. It's just amazing. It's 112 beautiful, pristine beaches with almost no people, 9,000 wild horses, 5,000 people, just lots to see and lots to do, lots of different turtles that nest on the island, just tons and tons of snorkeling opportunities. And you get there by the most charming little ferry ride or a little seaplane ride. Um, it's an amazing place with phenomenal food and with phenomenal people. And I can't say enough about it. And so when we went over there the first time we were charmed and started looking at all the Savende or for sale signs and finally found a place. And actually we bought that one on owner financing and started rehabbing it. My significant other went down and did a bunch of work on it. And it is now a cute little 850 square foot roundhouse with a lofted bedroom that's just incredibly rural. So it's someplace where you're going to see tons of animals. You might have a turkey in your yard or a goat in your yard or our iguana named Bob or our one-eyed rooster <laughs> named Willie. You never know what's going to be in your yard. <laughs> but on the offhand, you know, you have all these amazing, amazing things. And on the other hand, it's got some of the amenities. So it's got super fast Wi-Fi and it's got a really nice place to work if you need to work. And the fridge holds lots of rum drinks. So 
Definitely a great place. And then the other place that we have currently is a geodesic dome in Kisilov, Alaska, which is down on the Kenai Peninsula. And so we are in the process of rehabbing that one. I have done a bunch of work, put in its first windows, got some running water to it. And we are getting off to the races with that one. It'll have just a beautiful soaker tub with a little bar full of different mineral salts that you can use. It'll have an upstairs lofted bedroom that when you're in bed, you'll see 360 degree windows to actually look out to the yard and watch the moose play or to potentially watch the northern lights from your cozy, comfy comforter. And then that place, you know, we're hoping to open sometime soon, as soon as we're able to rehab. You'd be amazed at how hard it is to rehab a place in Alaska. Getting a bathtub there is almost as hard as getting a fridge to Vieques, Puerto Rico. And then last but not least, actually two last, we have a midterm rental here in Wisconsin that I'm actually sitting in right as we speak. And that midterm rental we use for traveling nurses or any kind of traveler that might be coming through, that one's almost constantly rented. And it's really nice because it helps us actually cover the mortgage for the remainder of the house. And then last but not least is 80 acres that we have in Ladysmith, Wisconsin, that will actually have glamping experiences. So it'll have vintage trailers, it'll have school bus conversions, it'll have bell tents, and it'll have a really nice little treehouse that'll open to the sunrise and then open to the sunset. That sounds amazing. And I can say Vieques is a magical place. So <laughs> uh, definitely for those here, and if you ever have a chance to go, I actually have a property on the island next to it, Culebra. Mm -hmm. So it's just beautiful places to visit. I forgot to mention the bio bay, the best part of Vieques. So Vieques actually has the brightest bio bay in the entire world. If you don't know what that is, there is a phytoplankton that lives in the water that makes everything glow. And so when you're doing a glass bottom kayak through the bay, you actually see the fish streaking underneath you. Sometimes you see some bigger animals going underneath you. And always you see this incredible thing that looks like Star Wars underneath your little kayak. And it's just incredible, amazing. It's something that everyone needs to experience once in their life. That sounds so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We love it. <laughs> I'm also excited about your school bus conversions and everything going on out there. It sounds like a great place for a music festival. Oh, my goodness. It really would be. There's not enough open space, but Wisconsin is rife with music festivals. So if you wanted to pair a little bit of glamping and a little bit of family time out in the woods with a little bit of music festival like Summerfest is going on right now, it's the largest music festival in the entire world. That would be the dream Wisconsin vacation right there. All right. So could you tell us more about your vacation rental company and how that works? Absolutely. Yes. So I started Cronin's Castles just a couple of years ago. I had not a ton of money and savings. And what I really did was I was looking to really find a way to provide hospitality in places that I wanted to go. Selfishly, I wanted to make sure that they were places that I wanted to go. And I think part of what really makes it special is the fact that I can't wait to get back to any of the places that we have for rent. You know, I love it so very much. And there's so many things that I just crave. And honestly, if you're going to do any type of vacation rental or if you're going to do any type of work like that, make it something that's easy, something that when you're talking about it, it gives you goosebumps too. Because if you have something along those lines, it is so much easier to do the marketing. 
to make sure that people are on board to talk about it all the time. I don't think that there's an, an Uber driver in the entire world who hasn't heard me talk about all of the different places that we have for rent. You know, and it's one of those situations where I never get sick of talking about it because they're in places that really excite my soul. That's awesome. You know, that's what I always thought of when talking about short-term rentals is, you know, you get offers because, you know, you get exposed to different things, but it's like, I want a place that I want to visit because otherwise, mm -hmm. like, for me, it's not worth it for the business component of it. And I know a lot of people who do vacation rentals in like the standard vacation rental areas. And that's really solid. You know, have fun, pick a market that's really well researched. That's great. But I think that it's better for me in terms of my ability to, you know, to want to give time and effort to these things to pick places that are really going to be something that I'm proud to share with someone else. And I think fairly often that I talk to other short-term rental hosts and they talk about their five places in Orlando. And I think that that's fantastic for them. And it's wonderful. And it's probably incredibly easy because there's an economy of scale there. And I'm never going to knock that. But that's not for me. I really want the adventure of having a couple different places to be and different places to go to. And I really think about Cronin's Castles as my opportunity to design the lifetime that I really want, right? And the life that I really want is a lot of freedom and a lot of travel and, you know, exceptional places that, that everybody doesn't necessarily go to. You know, I don't need the crowds. I really need the adventure. And so that's really what I've designed Cronin Castles around. Our tagline is plan less, live more. And I think that you do a lot of that when you just open yourself to being in different places. That's how we found Vieques. That's how we found Casilla. It's being open to places that we potentially hadn't even been before. I love the tagline. <laughs> how do people find your rentals? We do have a listing on Airbnb, but we also have a direct link website and social media accounts. So the website is www.cronenscastles.com. And the listing is there, but also there's a direct book that can save people quite a bit of money because we all know that Airbnb fees are pretty high. Yeah. A very <laughs> side note, we're probably going to talk about travel hacks soon, but one of the hacks is you find a place in Airbnb that you like and you just grab the main picture and search it in Google and you might find it in other platforms, probably, you know, like your website, like instead of renting it in Airbnb, it goes straight to your website, probably, you know, depending on how many nights you're staying. You might save $200, $300. We just did that 100%. for Mexico. And it was like, yeah, I ended up paying $300 less in one property and $450 less in another property, which was awesome. Hmm. Wow. It's really amazing. And then I think the other thing that kind of goes along with that, if we want to delve into travel hacks there, is we have an upcoming trip to Greece. And one of the things that we looked into is trading time at our places for places in Greece. So once you have a vacation rental and you know when you have high times, low times, and you can afford to let that property go to someone else, you can actually trade that for other places to be. So there's a cave house in Santorini, I believe, that we're heavily speaking right now. <laughs> and there is another one that's on the ocean and palatial and kind of incredible. And I think that five of my messages have been you do know that you're renting an 800 square feet little roundhouse in the middle of an island off of an island, right? Like just, just checking because your house looks insane. <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those situations where a lot of times you can get away with thinking just a tiny bit outside the box. 
And we see that all the time, right? We know that veterinary professionals are just a little bit smarter because we don't have a ton of really heavy income like some of the other careers. So those technicians who potentially travel somewhere in order to work some relief shifts or those doctors who travel somewhere in order to potentially house sit or pet sit, like those are ways that you can really utilize this profession that we love so much to hack our way into lower priced vacations. I love it. Let's just go farther into the travel hacking part of this. And then, of course, we'll bounce to some other things. What are your best travel hacking tips? You've already given us a couple of them, but what else should people be looking at? Well, I think not to drive away from your podcast because it's amazing, but there's another podcast called Choose FI, which is Choose Financial Independence. And I'm going to tell you one specific episode that just took me from zero to 100 in terms of travel hacking, and it's episode number nine. Episode number nine talks about how to use credit card points appropriately. Now, for those of you listening to this that are not good with credit cards, get that done first. Credit cards should only be used if you're paying them off ahead of time, right? So the moment that you know a charge is going on, you've already paid it off because we don't want you to pay for your trip in late fees or in, you know, finance charges. We really want you to pay for it in the opening bonuses that come from credit cards. And so when we think about using credit cards for travel hacking, we think about utilizing them in ways that you would normally pay something in cash. And instead of paying in cash, you're paying directly to your credit card to actually cover that amount. And so for example, when I go to open a new credit card, I'm generally going to open that new credit card based on what its opening bonuses are, because that's going to be a huge chunk. And I'm going to think about when I do that, do I already have the money to pay for whatever I'm going to put on it? And do I have big upcoming charges that go into it that I can do that instead of paying cash? So do I have some insurance payments that are coming due or do I have you know, a mortgage payment that's coming due? There are ways to pay your mortgage and credit cards. There are ways to utilize those credit cards to you know, pay people to do work through Venmo or through Cash App or things like that. So I'm always looking to make sure that A, I have enough charges coming up that I can utilize it in the right way, and then B, making sure that I can always pay it off right away as well so that I don't have anything sitting on my credit cards. I just have that revolving credit card use. And then I really think about what kind of travel do I want to do? Where am I going to go? What kind of travel points are going to get me the farthest in terms of what I want to do or where I want to go? So for example, when my daughter and I first started travel hacking, we were introduced to the Southwest cards and having a business card is a really, really incredible way of adding to what you can do with that credit card travel hacking. And when we got the two different Southwest cards, the business and the ink, we were able to do those minimum spends, which was $4,000, $5,000 respectively within the time frame, And those financed just a ton of different flights. We did 17 flights for about $300. And what we did in addition to that was that number of points for those two credit cards combined actually won her a companion pass through Southwest, which means that she gets to travel for free anytime I do for an entire year. And so it actually spilled over into the next year because the next year we had that travel companion pass And that allowed us to do a significant number more flights for her just paying $8 to $11, depending on the flight. And that was a really impactful thing for the number of trips that we could take. And I will say that, you know, $4,000 or $5,000 sounds like a lot of spend, but if you use it to target your big spends, like your groceries every month or your gas per month, 
those things really do add up very, very quickly. And especially if you're used to paying those with a debit card or something along those lines, you'd be amazed at how much you can really count apart. If you take your bank statement and you just highlight the things that you could utilize a credit for, or you know, look at ways to utilize your credit card for some of the bigger things like your mortgage, you can really figure out if that's something that you could do. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to unpack anything because I'm just going to go crazy, but We have a blog in the Vet Financial Summit website where I went to Hawaii with my wife and it costs us less than $100 to get their car, the whole shebang. And, you know, at the end of the day, one thing a lot of people see that I travel a lot and it's a matter of being intentional with how I spend my money. And, you know, I know what my top categories are, so I'm going to maximize the hell out of those categories. When you're doing it smarter. You're not inhibiting yourself, right? I mean, we have a trip to Greece planned and it's going to be 14 days. And at this moment, it looks like it's going to cost me $200 and some dollars for three of us to go to Greece for 14 days. Wow. And, you know, that's our maximization of travel. And honestly, people say, gosh, I just don't know how you keep track of that. Well, for I think it would have been $6,000 for $6,000 worth of travel. Isn't it worth it? Yeah, I would say so. We're smart enough to calculate CRIs. We're smart enough to figure out credit card hacks. Yeah. And again, it just gives you the overall picture. We talk about finances in this podcast. You know, that could be a part of your finances, you know, maximizing your credit card usage. But overall, if you don't know where your money's going, then you already have an issue. Yes. Well, and I think that one of the things that we really have to think about is we don't want anyone to feel impacted negatively by financial You know, I only work with people to work on their finances to impact them positively. I don't want to come in and say, hey, stop your Starbucks addiction. I want to come in and say, if Starbucks is the thing that makes your life okay every day, then let's make sure that that fits in your budget and let's maximize other places where potentially you don't even know that you're being hurt financially and it's not adding to your life. You know, I think Paula Pant says it all the time, but she says, you can afford anything, but you can't afford everything. Right. And so it's just a matter of making sure that we really identify the places where we don't want you to give up things and identify the places where it's not going to hurt you to give up things or identify the places where we can maximize how things are fit into your life, like travel, so that you can do more of it. Yeah. 100% agree. (laughs) And so, Kelly, you like to speak to veterinary teams about financial fitness. And so what topics do you speak on? And what's the message that you hope to share with veterinary team members? I think the biggest message that I'm going to give you right now is that veterinary medicine doesn't have to be a painful place to be. Like there is a lot of angst about money. And I think a lot of times when we have that angst, It really is a conversation of where are you now and where do you want to be? You know, first, just knowing thyself, right? Like actually getting to the nitty gritty. I can't tell you how many times people say, gosh, I just get a paycheck and I don't know where it goes. If you don't know where it goes, that's the problem, right? There's a pretty good possibility that not knowing where it goes is part of what is really impacting you. And honestly, it's a situation where sometimes people can't see because they're underwater and they just need to figure out how to get one eyeball above water in order to get a forward look of what they need. And I think a lot of times that, as we said before, just involves getting a little bit smarter. 
A, making sure that you have everything in your site in terms of what you spend your money on, making yourself actually a budget. And this doesn't have to be hard. This is something that, you know, most of our checking accounts are built in, have a dashboard and can show us exactly what we've spent, you know, this month, last month, the month before. And it can make it so easy to look at what our budget is going forward. And it can actually even chart some of your charges and where those things deserve to be in terms of your budget. It does not have to be a hard, hard thing, especially with all of these apps that we're getting nowadays. I love things like Mint. Mint is an app that actually looks at your overall spend. It can bring in multiple credit cards. It can look at a couple different places where you might be spending money, including Venmo and Cash App and all those things. And it can bring them all together and collimate them so that you know exactly where your money is going so that you can start to create a budget going forward. And so that you can make sure that your budget aligns with the things that actually make you happy instead of the things that are in the moment that may make you happy for a minute but might not make you happy for seven days or 10 days or 20 days. And so I like to make people think about what overall do you want out of your life and how do we design a budget that actually brings you to that? And what is going to give you the most happiness? And is it going to give you happiness for seven minutes, seven days, seven weeks, or seven years? And one thing that I'll say is that fairly often in veterinary medicine, especially you know, we're so fixated on seven minutes, seven days that we can't see to seven years. And when we think about seven years, when we think about things like a 401k, right? A lot of times when we're talking about funding a 401k, we're not talking about reducing how much take-home income you actually have. For some of our veterinary teams that are a little bit lower income ratio, a lot of times all of that money is going to come out of what normally would go to the government or would normally go to our taxes. And so here we are depriving ourselves of something that could potentially be building our safety net, right? We can use those in times of strife. It might be building our ability to retire someday. And here's my dream for veterinary medicine. My dream for veterinary medicine would be that every single person has stability in their life. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was great because when you reached out to us, I think your message started off, you know, I am a veterinary technician that has made, I think it was from like 15 up to 20 some dollars an hour. And I am pretty much financially independent, which again, it's it's awesome. It's awesome to hear this story. And, you know, you talking, you clearly know what you're saying. So that's great. But whenever you're talking to these people, one big thing is, you know, what are some limiting beliefs? have you seen from those vet teams surrounding money and their personal finances? The biggest limiting belief is I can't afford tech school. Good Lord. (laughs) There are so many options nowadays of veterinary clinics that will help you with tech school. There are so many options of payment plan induced tech schools. There are so many options of online tech schools that are not very expensive. And here's the thing. If you're in a clinic that is valuing licensure or, you know, growth of technicians, that's the fastest way to make more money, right? Mm-hmm. Is to get a license or to get additional skills and to be more useful in your craft. And here's the thing, if you really enjoy and value veterinary medicine, why don't you want to do that? And now the big disclaimer is this is coming from a grandfathered technician. So, I have a degree in animal sciences, German commercial art and graphic design, none of which are tech school. 
but I am grandfathered or I was grandfathered in the state of Alaska. And I've taught at AVMA schools at this point. And I went and moved on and got my VTS in emergency and critical care. I am incredibly entrenched in the belief that education is the way forward from anything and that you can do education without incurring a billion dollars worth of loans and that you can really gamify how you do things. I would love everyone to think about the fact that there are millions of unclaimed grants to single mothers, to you know, full-time return to education people, to all kinds of different buckets that are not utilized. And so unless you have explored all those grants, unless you have looked at different financing options, unless you've talked to your clinic about potentially helping you to pay for things... Same thing goes for DVMs. If you haven't talked to a clinic group about, hey, are you going to pick me up at the end of this four years? Can you help me pay for some student loans? You haven't done enough. You know, there's a demand out there and there's ways of mitigating how much you really are on the hook for. And there's ways of making it a little bit more palatable. And honestly, you know, there are a lot of folks that have that limiting belief of, hey, I'm too busy right now. And that is just another thing. If you're too busy right now, it just means that your priorities are in other places. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like if your priorities are in other places because you're stressed about money, because you're stressed about other things, because you're working a second job, because you're so stressed, potentially that's not working smarter, not harder. That's really being hedgerowed in a place that's just never going to get you ahead. I'd love for everyone to start thinking about the idea of just creating a cushion, whether it be you know, that higher paying job through some type of licensure, creating a cushion through growth, creating a cushion through asking for help from a veterinary clinic that you're working for, just really working towards just a tiny bit better life. Yeah, absolutely. And there are a lot of resources out there. And there are so many clinics that are very willing to help technicians out with tech school and possibly pay for the whole thing. And some of them will say you've got to work for the clinic for a period of time afterward, but some of them don't say that. And so that's another thing. Well, I think one of the things to think about there is I occasionally hear, gosh, I don't want to do that because I don't want to be stuck in this job and maybe they won't give me a raise. But the reality is, is that if you're licensed, a lot of times that raise is coming, right, from becoming licensed. So I think that that can be a limiting belief in its own right. And here's the thing. We're in a place in veterinary medicine where licensed technicians, licensed DVMs, you know, where the folks who are really driving our industry are in demand. So it's time to leverage that to help your career grow as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you have, you can let me know if it's a business or an organization called Vet Tech Life, all three of those words together. And Mm -hmm. so could you tell us more about Vet Tech Life and also about the cruise that you are planning? Absolutely. So Vet Tech Life is a business. I had two amazing mentors who started that business and they have brought me in and then retired. And so at this point, I'm at the helm for better, for worse. Everyone cross your fingers for me. But it's an education platform. And what we do is create online classes and create in-person cruises. This will be the fifth cruise that Vet Tech Life has done. It'll be the first one that I've solo planned. So it'll be uh, education, I think, but we have had the most amazing speakers. We've had the most amazing attendees. There are so many firsts on these cruises. 
I remember the second cruise that we ever went on, we actually took catalog of all the firsts that happened on the cruise. It was the first time that someone had seen a seagull. It was the first time that someone had seen the ocean. It was the first time that someone had gone outside of their home city. Can you imagine? It's an incredibly eye-opening experience. It's so incredibly fun. We are going to Jamaica and Haiti, and that's going to happen in January. So January 21st through the 26th. It is absolutely targeted at veterinary teams. However, as much as it's targeted at veterinary teams, we do have quite a few veterinarians who come and we will have VTS speakers. So if you are a vet and gosh, you're a hankering for a cruise that's affordable and fun and wonderful and really good CE, come on board. We will totally overlook the fact that you're a DVM, not a tech. (laughs) Just kidding. We'll buy you shots. It'll be fun. (laughs) And it's just a really laid back experience where you get to really network too. One of the things that is my absolute favorite part about the cruise is this isn't something where you go to a CE and you maybe have five minutes to talk to one of the speakers after the fact. This is where you go and you sit down to dinner with them and you get to discuss some of the things that they've spoken about or some of the things that they think or the career in general or life. And it's just an incredible experience that I I can't say enough about. And there's something about sitting out on your balcony and having breakfast before your CE that just makes it all okay, right? It makes it just a little bit more palatable that you're going to listen to someone for a few hours. If you can think about sitting in the hot tub afterwards and maybe playing some Vets Against Insanity. Yeah, we just, we have a great old time. I am sold on this cruise. Me too. (laughs) Let's go. Well, if you want to come with us, just (laughs) check it out at www.vettechlife.com. Where is it leaving from? It's leaving from Miami. Yeah, just to take it up a notch more. <laughs> I'm moving to Florida next month, so I'll be close by. Perfect. You'll be right there. Come on board. It'll be great. And we were actually able to just add a group to Vet Tech Life that focuses on financial fitness for technicians and for technical staff. So I have to give you kudos for giving me the impetus to start that just started it yesterday. And so we're really excited to have that focus and have a little bit of, you know, a piece of maybe making the career just a little bit better. I'm excited for you. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone who wants to join that, come on over to Vet Tech Life on Facebook and we can get you situated in the group as well. We'll make sure to put that on the show notes. So with that said, you know, what's the best way for our colleagues to get in touch with you? So I'm pretty easy. I have an email address, kelly.lynn.cronin at gmail.com. You're also certainly welcome to you know, text me at Vet Tech Life or on either of the uh, websites, Vet Tech Life or croninscastles.com. You can always just catch me via Facebook or Instagram, Kelly Lynn Cronin or LinkedIn. People find me there as well. All right. Awesome. And so, Kelly, that brings us to our last question. What is your best advice for our listeners? I think the best advice is to not feel stuck. If you feel stuck, it means that you haven't figured out what you're doing next. And honestly, if you plan and if you start forward movement, even when it's teeny tiny little bit steps, it can take you someplace that you never thought that you'd be. And so I think that the biggest thing that I'll say is as much as my tagline is plan less, live more. I think that there's a little bit to the idea of if you can just get 1% better and 1% better, if you can focus on fixing one thing every day or one thing that makes your life a little bit better every single day, whether it be 
you know, just looking up the prices for Penn Foster tomorrow or, you know, looking at potential grants that are available to you if you want to start a business or, you know, just getting online and starting to research what that might look like for you. All of those things are one step forward. Putting 1% in your 401k. I challenge everyone to just think about one little thing that's going to just help you out a tiny bit. I love it, Kelly. That's really inspirational advice. And you're doing so many cool things. I'm having such a good time with life. I really am. I mean, I have a phenomenal day job supporting 16 big veterinary emergency and specialty centers over in Baltimore area. And, you know, my side hustles are an awful lot of fun as well. It feels like I'm never working because I'm always working on something that's interesting. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks, Kelly. If you liked this episode, click the follow or subscribe button. Until next time, take care and continue your path to financial success. The information provided in this podcast is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a legal or financial professional before making any investment decisions.